Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Fourth and Out podcast with me, George Evans. Uh, joining me this week, Liam Whiting. Liam, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Also joining me, Ollie Broom. How's it going, mate? All good, thank you, my friend. Good stuff. I'll tell you what, I'm feeling pretty chipper after those two Guinnesses, but uh, try and keep it professional after, you know, just uh, not just being re- professional for the whole week. Just remember, a good idea is a good idea forever. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> he went home to get it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I yeah, like no, it. No logo on the phone. <laughs> but you love the phone. <laughs> Mate, let's talk about some football, not bad TV references. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've mentioned The Office and Gavin and Stacey straight in there. I mean, people are going to, they're hooked in now. This is classic podcasting. All right, but yes, you're right. Um, we're all here for the football. I mean, thinking about it, football really only starts in three and well, two and a half weeks' time. You know, game week one, well, less than that, I guess, because it's first night football. So, week one, blimey, it's two weeks away. Liam, has it flown by, mate? It really has. I feel like the off season goes on forever, and then it just sneaks up and the season's back, and the season will be over in week two. So I can't wait. Yeah, that is very true, and I think we're going to start. We'll start with some news, and I want to start with. Uh, the Vikings, because um, just on a piece that I read in BBC Sport yesterday about them bringing in an epidemiologist to convince players to uh, to get the vaccine because they're worried about the vaccine rates within the Vikings camp. Um, what do you make of it? So I don't want to turn this into a vaccine debate, but yeah, I think it's a good thing. So hopefully Zimmer can give them a kick up the arse, which they need. Do you think it's the right move though to bring in someone who's who's yeah. there to com- to convince yeah. to convince players? You've got an expert in, so hopefully, if even a couple of players listen to the expert, surely they've done something, so it makes it worth it. And you think it will change the mind of people like Kirk Cousins? And... No, people like Cousins will never change, but I think a, a couple of players, I'm hoping, will change their mind. What's the, it's, I think it's eighty five percent, isn't it, that a team needs to get to without. Um, quarantining pretty much their whole players i, I think so. and you're at was it i think last time i was 64 percent under 70 percent yeah 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 something like that but you know other than the epidemiologist you have re-signed everson griffin which i think's a decent you know a decent side you know, a decent signing you know to your defensive line he was good for you for a lot of seasons um he struggled in struggled in dallas and what was it detroit again yeah uh, last season everyone struggles in detroit to be fair yeah, that's very true what do you make of it yeah, really pleased to see him back. Um, he was, we missed him when he was gone. But my only issue is he had a bit of a falling out with Kirk Cousins, should we say. So he tweeted about him and they've had a falling out. But apparently they're going to make it up this week. So hopefully they'll be besties and they can put it to one side and he can sack some QBs. What was the tweet that he sent out? Get a vaccine, you massive knobhead. No, it was before then. He said something on the lines of he hated him or he was a shit quarterback, basically. There's no coming back from that. I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> if they end up on the field at the same time, something has gone wrong as well. <laughs> yeah, he turns up for the opposition trying to sack Kirk Cousins. I know Everton, you can't do that. I think if they're on the pitch at the same time, Kirk Cousins would break the 40 yard dash record because he would get <laughs> murdered. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a good pickup, you know. I think it's a sensible sign in. He's done really well with Minnesota for a long time. It's not like he's. He's an, he's not he knows an player, the system. He? No, he, yeah, he knows the system. He knows the scheme well. So yeah, I think I think it's a win-win for us because even if it doesn't work out, just cut him in a year. So yeah, I think it's really good pickup. 
on paper, I quite like your defense. I think it's pretty good. Like it's a, it's a solid, probably a top fifteen, maybe even top ten defense. But then, why aren't we as good as we were on defense? Do you think it's different players as an outside perspective? Because obviously, I've got my opinions as a fan of the team. I think you lack what you lacked last season was a proper pass rush. Yeah, and that, that that's a big problem. And I can still continue to see that as a problem. But I think other than that, I mean. Cornerback, I guess, is a slight issue because now Jeff Gladney's like he's obviously cut from the team. But you got some really good pieces there, like Eric Kendricks, yeah, Harrison Smith. You know, he's kind of Pro Bowl, like all Pro level players. I just think adding another piece like Everson Griffin is is decent if you can get the coaching right. And the problem is that you've always you're either switching your defensive coordinator or your offensive coordinator every year. You just don't have the same system. You know, and I think that's been a big problem as well. I honestly think, I'm not being biased, but I think we've got to be one of the teams that's changed their coordinator every year, like up top five. I've never mm-hmm. known a team to do it as much. No, Even definitely. Like Patriots, when they were changing their coaching staff every year, they win a Super Bowl. It was never that much, I don't think. No, a lot of them do. Like you look at Stefanski, who's gone on to, start, to do really good things with, with Cleveland in his first year. You know, you obviously, you pick up some really good coaches. You're just unlucky in the fact that they then move on, but it's the way it goes in football, isn't it, mate? Exactly. Exactly. It's the way it goes. So, also in the news, we found out that um, Travis Etienne is now going to be out for the 2021 season. Um, Ollie, a bit of a shame considering he was the 25th pick in, in round one. Yeah, a bit gutting for the Jags. Um, you're going to see, obviously, your boy James Robinson. His fantasy stock is soaring now. I think Hell yeah. you're planning on keeping him, I imagine. Mate, for ten dollars, absolutely. In our league, um, yeah, big shame. Um, first round pick and now out for the season, so hopefully he'll be back, ready and raring to go this time next year. It shows the fragility of the league, I guess, because it's such a, a short season that you know, really, you're looking at four or five months. That even an injury that that keeps you out for that amount of time for your whole season to be over, and he's not, he's realistically not going to play football again for at least 12 months. It must be there's, hard for a player. There's a lot of players coming out of pre-season as well who are out for the season. You know, you hear that phrase and you think that's that's gutting a year out of your professional career. Especially your first professional, you know, year as well, like where you want to get, you want to make a name for yourself, but especially for running backs, I feel, because you have such a, a short shelf life. I mean, if you look at, let's say Todd Gurley is an example where he goes from, one of the best RBs, you know, out there to, I mean, to what is he now? Like, what is he now? You know, more, and, more on him later, potentially. Yeah, I think we might have the same person here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, it, it is such a shame, though, because he was so promising coming out of college. But, you know, James Robertson probably would have felt hard done by after his good season last season that um, they picked up someone so early in the draft anyway, so... I don't think they've lost too much because of how good Robinson was last year, but Etienne I mean, in the passing game, definitely. There's the potential for Robinson now. If he can back it up, he can say, like, look, pay me. Yeah. If he, if he can go on from last season, he's definitely got a claim to be made. Well, he was a thousand-yard rusher as an undrafted rookie. I mean, that's pretty much unheard of in you know recent times. So... Yeah, definitely. Give give him the ball a lot. I'm not biased just because he's on my fantasy team now, but give him the ball 20, 20. And you look at that division as well. Like, you're playing the Texans twice. So you're going to get decent, you know, decent mileage, decent yards. The Colts, maybe not. 
Tennessee are definitely there to be run against as well. I don't think their defense is up to much. So whoever's got that job in Jacksonville, and really whoever in that division who's not the Texans, that's a that's a serious stake to to claim. You can get some really decent yards in in that. Look at Derrick Henry last year. And I guess also sort of taking the pressure off Lawrence if he's feeling the heat a little bit. He'd be, yeah. he'd be tasked with that as well. That's it. And um, I just saw before we came on air that um, he's confirmed as the week one starter for the Jags, which I guess Liam isn't really a surprise considering the backup was Gardner Minshew. No, it's not really at all, is it? Um, can I just say, back to your point, that's why in fantasy football, you always pick towards the season because of injuries. That's why I've banged on about it ever since I've known you both. That's mm-hmm. the main reason. But yeah, back to what you said. It's not a surprise at all. I, no, honestly, back on the fantasy thing, I completely agree with you. Like, I never get these people that draft in There in was May people drafting in May, and I'm like, why are you doing it now? Like... Watson's the perfect example of that. You would have taken him then, and if you had him now, you'd be screwed. I know. It's almost like people get too impatient and too bored. Look, I love fantasy football more than most things, but to do it in May is just absolutely nuts. Because you know, you know what the NFL's like. It's not just May, but if you, it's not just preseason either. You get to week one or week two, your whole team collapses. Yeah, I'll you know. be blowing up my team and starting again probably week two. Well, that's it. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley, the ultimate <laughs> example last year. I mean, was him. Oh, yeah, Liam paid, what was it, $77 or something for him last year to blow out his ACL against us week two. You know, it's a it's a tough game, fantasy. I'll tell you what else is a tough game, being the Chicago Bears quarterback. Blimey. Although it has been confirmed that Andy Dalton, week one for uh, the Rams game on Sunday night football. I said it last week. I think it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, Would I want to see Justin Fields against Aaron Donald? Absolutely not, especially with a makeshift O-line. Ollie, I don't know what you make of it, but to me, it makes complete sense. Yeah, right decision, I think. And, I mean, did you see the hit Fields took the other day? Yeah, that's it. I mean, his helmet came off. (sighs) Got absolutely creamed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you wanna, that was against third stringers as well in know? a preseason game. Like you want to uh, avoid putting him in the line of fire too much, I think. I, yeah, I mean, go on, Liam. Sorry, sorry I was just going to say that I said this to you when I saw you last. I I think it's the perfect decision because why would you put Fields in now to risk him ruin his his whole career just for the sake of a year of being impatient? I think rest him for the season until the season's over. So. Or even when you're in the playoffs and you've got a couple of games, you can rest Dalton and just play him then. Like, look, I mean, as I was saying on our chat, like if if Dalton goes one and five or one and six, all right, then put Fields in, exactly. that's fine. But if if Dalton's doing even four and four or five and three, something like that, just keep him in. Like, just keep it keep it steady. I'd much rather Justin Fields learn behind an eleven year old, eleven year veteran. Um, then just get chucked in straight away. It doesn't work. It, you know, I, I know there's comparisons to Tua, and he did sit behind Fitz for a while, and he came in, and it just didn't work. Whereas you look at Fitz, Pat, um, you look at Justin Herbert. His plan was originally to be sat behind Tyrod Taylor. Rogers is the best example. And and Rogers, well, actually, I think Mahomes is the best example. True. A year behind Alex Smith, uh, that was under Matt Nagy as well. A year behind Alex Smith, he learned everything from Alex Smith. And then he went into that 2018 season with Kansas City and threw 50 touchdowns. All right, that's not going to happen to everyone, but you need to look at other veteran quarterbacks to see how the league works. You can't just you can't just chuck these rookies into week one. 
and all these people on Bears Twitter saying, oh, well, he's the greatest thing to happen to the Bears for 20 years. Well, all right, well, let's just let him play a few proper NFL games. If he's if he's the best thing to happen to Chicago, surely you want him healthy for 20 years, not for 20 weeks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We don't want a Joe Burrow situation. Exactly. You know, which is the case, because our O-line is terrible. Like, it's, it's really bad. I don't think people realise just how bad that O-line is especially with Tevin Jenkins now being out for the season, you know, our second round pick with a back injury. But um, yeah, that's my feelings on the Bears. I'm more than happy to see um, Andy Dalton start for Sunday night football. If things don't work, things don't work. You know, that's, that's absolutely fine. Then put the rookie in, but you've got to try with the veteran first. And I think that's the way that all teams should look really, apart from the Jags, because they've not really got anyone. But, um, okay, that's my rant on the Bears down anyway. So, Ollie, a team I've been really high on for a while now is the Colts. And um, I did change my opinion slightly when Carson Wentz and uh, Quentin Nelson went down with injuries. But now they're back, and they are back for week one, apparently. So what do you make of it? Do you think they're, do you think they're contenders now, or do you think the Titans are still pretty much strong favourites? Um, yeah, I was pretty high on the Colts all through this summer sort of turn my attention a little bit to the Titans and I think I'm just about still siding with them um, obviously having both of those players come back I think Wentz is going to need a lot of time in the pocket and we know that Nelson's pretty elite so he's going to help shore that up um, but yeah definitely going to be an interesting division to follow yeah, well, that's the thing you're guaranteed with the Colts isn't it really a, a lot of time in the pocket they've got one of the best O-lines in football, I think Liam is probably just the case that if if Carson Wentz can get back to his like kind of 2017, 2018, 2019 level, really, it's it's make or break for the Colts based right. on Wentz. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it's a shame, but because they were so close to the Super Bowl for so many years, and yeah, so I I, I personally I don't think he'll go back to that level. So I think he's sort of peaked, but we'll see what happens. Do you not think it will help him being um, under Frank Reich again? I do, but I think he's had his best seasons behind him now. Blimey, at the age of 28, imagine that. Liam, that's not good news for you, mate. It's not, is it? I'd be curtains. <laughs> Absolute curtains. <laughs> Even Ollie's struggling. I mean, yeah. God, yeah. Curtains for you both. But no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good sign. I mean, originally they, they were chucked out for three months. So to be back in four weeks is... Yeah, know, I mean, are, are they going to make week one? Are they being rushed back a bit too soon? What do we think? Apparently Wentz is making week one, but not Nelson. I think Wentz will play week one, definitely. Yeah, I'd be surprised because their backups are not good. And by not good, I mean I know one of them. <laughs> so thrown out there, how many wins will they get next year, the Colts, do you think? Um, with a fit Wentz and a fit Nelson, I'd go 10 wins. Yeah, I think out of 17 games, I'll go... Titans and Colts both double digits. I'm yeah. going under. Under ten. Yeah, I'm going eight or nine. You well, you think you might they might have a losing record? Yeah, I think they could. What with their defense and their O line? I just think yeah, I just think it's QB. And the fact they've got to play the Texans and the Jags twice. Good point. Yeah. I think so the defense carries them through along with a strong running game. Yeah. I think that's something you can turn to and and it'll help you through. 
great point as well about the running game. Actually, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a superstar this year. So I think I've loaded up the schedule for the Colts. Seattle, LA, Tennessee, Baltimore, San Fran, Jets, Buffalo, Tampa, Houston, New England, Arizona, Vegas, and then obviously divisional games. I've tried it to is, miss them out. It is but quite a tough schedule, actually. Yeah. That is hard. But you're right, you've division, got four buys in the division. Division helps them out. Maybe split the series with Tennessee. Yeah, that is worrying for the Texans, though. They've got to play the NFC West and uh, whoever else it was because they, they might end up with like one win, two I'll tell wins. You what, in a strange sort of way, I'm almost weirdly looking forward to seeing what the Texans are and what they do. Wait, um, yeah, they're 10 I, running backs. I, f- I fancy them to, um, to avoid the first pick, I've got to say. Wow. Who's going to be instead? Well, Detroit surely the only other yeah, option. the Lions. Yeah, I mean, but I prefer the Lions to the Texans massively. I'm I think you, they've, got, they've got a yeah. much better offensive line. They've got a much better defensive Drafted line. Drafted better. Drafted better. And I think Goff's better than whoever the fuck the Texans are going to put behind centre because it's not going to be Deshaun Watson. Us at this rate, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be Philip Lindsay or Mark Ingram throwing passes. They've got Team so many both. running backs. God, yeah, Tim Tebow. You're right. I don't even know who their backup is. I've no idea. No idea. Uh, I think they is. signed. Is it Jacoby Brissett or Tyra Taylor? Tyra Taylor. I it is Tyra Taylor. I, yeah, you're right. Jacoby Brissett's at the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, that's right. Big Tyrod. He's, I mean, you know He's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, after he got knocked out of last season and then uh, Herbert took his job. Maybe, maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's going to come out swinging. Uh, do you remember that conspiracy last season where the doctors held him out on purpose or they, and he sued the LA doctors saying that oh you've cost me so and so and now Herbert's taken my job oh god that's the best thing to happen to the Chargers for a long time no offence to Tyrod I think he's a decent quarterback but uh, yeah that Herbert thing worked out very well but yeah that's the Colts um, I think they'll do I think they'll be absolutely fine last bit of news I had down was that Sony Michelle's gone to the Rams um, from the Patriots for a couple of trade picks. I don't think the trade picks have come out yet, but um, Ollie's just another nice piece to this Rams offense. Yeah, it's going to tie into uh, our next segment, I do believe. Um, they had to replace Cam Akers, who was another one that went down for the season. Yeah, shame. Tie- tying into what we said earlier. Um, yeah, I definitely fancied him to have a good season. So, a couple of late-round picks for a, a player that's been around the league and been around that successful Patriots organisation. Well, that's it. He's played in Super Bowls. and Yeah, makes sense. And played him. well in Super Bowls as well. You know, and, and sometimes you can't, you just can't overlook that kind of thing. Like, all right, we all look at the Patriots and think, oh, yeah, we all hate the Patriots because it's trendy to hate the Patriots. But, you know, they've been good for a reason. And Sony Michel, Liam, for the first couple of years, was a very good running back. See, this is what I want to ask you both, because when this we were talking about this on the chat earlier, my first thoughts are, what does Bill Belichick know, or what is he doing? Is he just trying to get extra picks to get extra players? Like, he's got to know or do something. Like, Bill wouldn't get rid of a good player for no reason. He just loves moving around the draft, doesn't he? He does. He does. And I also think they're really high on Damian Harris, who's their, who's their running back at the moment, and another guy who's looked incredibly good in preseason. And for the Sony Michel. Yeah, maybe he, he thinks the other Harris is good enough so he can get some extra picks in the draft. Yeah, maybe. And you think Damien Harris on a rookie contract, Sony Michel isn't. He'd have, he'd have to pay him. Bill doesn't like that, does he? 
Bill's a genius, mate. He he is. It kills me to say it, and you're probably shocked I've almost said it, but he is. He, he's the greatest NFL coach in our lifetime. Like, there's been no one to his level, even if he cheats. Well, let's not leave Adam Gase out of this, mate. I mean, <laughs> his record for the Jets, whoa. Good times. He's no Brad Childress. That's that's one for the diehard Viking fans. So, yeah. Nice. Um, Who was the guy that went not on 16 with the Cleveland Browns a few years ago? It wasn't Freddie Kitchens, was it? I can't remember who it was. No, I can't think off the top of my head. I'm sure. That's right. we'll bring, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it up later. I'm sure show, but... all of our listeners will tweet us in and tell us. We've got a, clear, a few Cleveland listeners, actually, that, that we know about. But um, We've gone yeah, um, think... pretty quiet on Cleveland recently. I think um, we were sort of banging the drum when we had Ivan on uh, way back when. And uh, mainstream media seems to have caught on a bit. And mm-hmm. around, I think uh, Kay Adams might have put them up for the Super Bowl on GMFB earlier on. Yeah, to be fair, mate, um, I watched their preseason game at the weekend because I've got no life and nothing to do. We were on the and, train first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were. You're right, we were on the train first. I think people have only got quiet on them because they've not done much in the last couple of months in terms of trades or, or anything like that. But I look at that roster and that is one of the strongest rosters in the NFL by quite a long way. I can't pick one position there where they're struggling. I think, yeah, well-rounded and ready to compete and sort of got their business done early. Don't really need to to do too much, just stay quiet under the radar. Surely Mate. they can't not go to the championship game with that team. Um, yeah, but it's a competitive the AFC Compet- is competitive. I was going to say it's a competitive division yeah. and the AFC overall is competitive. So, you know, you've got other street smart teams in there that, yeah, we'll see. Let's see how good the coaching staff really is come January. Didn't Kevin Stefanski win coach of the year last year? I believe so. Yeah. And they've got the best O-line in football. They've got a D-line <laughs> that's just added Davian Clowney and has already got Miles Garrett. They've got... Uh, an amazing secondary that they've added John Johnson and Troy Hill to, which is, and Denzel Ward, which is great. Um, and they've got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry receiving, and they've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, as long as Baker Mayfield. Their team is stacked with I talent. think you've got a Nick Chubb from talking about that team. Haven't you? I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm Nick Chubbed up to the eyeballs here because that, that team is so good. That, that team is everything I want Chicago to be. You know, exciting on offense and tough on defense. Uh, we need to get Ivan back on. Big shout out to Ivan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a bit long. You're saying that it's been a long time since we've been on. We've been on here, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have to get uh, get Ivan back on. He's a good guy and a big Cleveland Browns fan. Um, before we go into what we're going to talk about this episode, has anyone else got any news that they want to bring up? We're going to go see some football. We are going to go see some football. You're bloody right, my friend. Um, yeah, we've got uh, got tickets to... Well, I personally have got tickets to both of the games in uh, in London, which is great. Um, Liam, are you coming with us to the, the NFL so, game? The plan is for me to be there, but yeah, I've got other plans in motion at the moment, but I am planning on going to the Jags game. I am planning on being there. All right, well, me, Ollie, and a few other friends have got tickets to the uh, Jags-Dolphins game, which is going to be incredibly exciting. Ollie, it's your first NFL game, mate, in person. First NFL game, um, Tottenham Hotspur, obviously not your favourite place. Uh, Yeah, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to seeing you. Um, Yes, mate, yeah. I see Liam all the time. Um, You will see me the week before at Dave's... uh, 
Dave's yeah. uh, gender and reveal shout out. Seen you in like two years and then uh, <laughs> and you're overseas and then two weekends at once. I, I can't know, wait to get Dave uh, a Packers kit for his future child. Yeah, he loves that. Or Selwick, he loves, yeah, he loves that. Overall, yeah, sorry. But no, it'd be really good. I'm genuinely, Ollie, I'm so excited for you to see your first NFL game, mate, because it is an experience like no other. I mean, like, I had a, it's I had a the best sport the, uh, I had a look at the seats that we've got and they look absolutely wicked. So, yeah, as much as it pains me to say, it, it's a bloody good stadium to watch sport. In. But there's, a, there's a seven of us going and yeah. we all support seven different teams. So, yes, that'll be interesting. And we will be repping seven different and teams when we go down there. And none of them are playing. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is also a thing. But, uh, yeah, we've all got to get kitted out and um, enjoy it. But I love it, mate. NFL in London is absolutely brilliant. And- yeah, I can't wait. We'll, uh, we'll go down in the morning, obviously meet you, presume you're rolling into Houston. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, if you drink something to eat. Well, you that's could- it. It's a, it's a, t- a 2.30 kickoff, so, like... We meet up beforehand, then we can stay around in London for a bit afterwards, maybe catch a football game or something. Not go to a football game, but watch it on TV. And then just kind of, it'd just be nice to see you guys again. I mean, I don't want Liam's doing, but I see him enough. But it'd, just be, it'd just be nice. Yeah, I can't, honestly, I can't wait. When uh, when that text came through earlier and said that uh, we've got tickets, it's buzzing. And I hope a lot of our people that listen to the podcast are also coming along as well. And Tweet know, us you, in if you are. Let us know. Yeah, tweet us in. Um, let us know if you are. We'll meet up for a drink and, and do whatever. I know Olivia got for the Jets game. Yes, and we've never met Olivia, no matter how many times she's been on the podcast. Uh, so it'd be very good to do that. But yeah, that's great news. And I'm really excited to to do that as well um anything else boys before we move on to ollie's brilliantly planned agenda teddy bridgewater go on liam talk about teddy he was a former viking he was indeed so it just got announced before the podcast that he is starting qb in week one um personally i am surprised about this i didn't think he would be the starter i thought the broncos have got all their eggs in one basket with Locke. so I'm kind of surprised, and it, yeah. Um, but do you not you think he's see? a better player than Locke? Yeah, but he is. But it's just they seem to be going all in with Locke at the moment. Personally, from that's my opinion from an outside. I could be completely wrong. From people in Denver are saying, but I guess from my point of view is that the the bottom of the basket's fallen out, and all the eggs are smashed on the floor because they were trying to get Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Everyone knew they were trying to get Rodgers. Like Drew Locke is, he's been scrambled in the sun. Like he's got nothing. So I think that he's just been left left out to dry and that Teddy Bridgewater was the obvious choice to to be QB1. He's a much better quarterback than Drew Locke. Yeah, he is, definitely. Yeah, what do you make of it, Ollie? Yeah, so there's just egg all over the floor. <laughs> Drew Locke's just standing in yokes. And, he is a yoke. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I would always thought that once Teddy signed that contract, I always assumed that he would be the week one starter. Um, nice to have some news come out before we record rather than after. Yeah, that is true. Actually, <laughs> normally, I get many pings from the athletic telling me that something's something's gone on. And normally, um, as soon as we're finished, we're uploading it, and then it happens, isn't it? Yeah, that's so annoying. And we're not qualified enough to go in and record another segment and add it in. Well, I'm not anyway, and add it in, which is annoying. Um, Ollie, do you want to talk about James Winston? Because I was impressed by his yes. performance as well. Um, just out here throwing bombs. Um, surely going to be named the Saint Star. Um, yeah. Yeah. two long touchdowns 
in prison. I mean, it is in preseason. But... Both to the same guy, um, Callaway, who looked pretty good as well on a dodgy wide receiving core for, for the Saints. Can I ask, was he playing against a third, like, starters defence? Is that the only reason why he got touchdowns? Were there any starters on the field? Because I'm think, getting concerned. I think it was a first slash second string Jags defence. Okay, it's Jags. Which basically, which basically is a third defence for everyone. Yeah, but he's, I mean, yeah. I mean, You've still I got think, to make the throws. You've still think, got to make the throws. I think they he gives them a better chance of playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever you want to say, than Taysom Hill would. I agree. And ever since he's had his eyes sorted out, I'll tell you what, that guy is... And he's exciting. What's he going to do? Is he going to throw it to me? Is he going to throw it to the other team? Is he going to fall over? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not <laughs> Daniel Jones. If you played a drinking game of that, you'd get smashed, wouldn't you? Oh, let's not do that when we go to the NFL. <laughs> oh, what a great idea! You're welcome. Oh, that is a great idea. We'll do it. We'll do it each interception or something like that because there might be quite a few with a couple of relatively new quarterbacks. I like that. That's very good. Yeah, I like Jameis a lot. Yeah, you know, well, he he brings entertainment. He brings you. I mean, they might not be the Saints fans are looking for, but I tell you what, he's always going to put in a lot of yards. He's always going to go over three hundred. He's always going to give you touchdowns. Yeah, he'll give you a few interceptions as well, but. When you look at what Drew Brees was doing last year, it was very methodical. It was very just kind of you're throwing it five yards and hoping for the best, pretty much. I mean, that was the longest touchdown they've had since 2016. I know it's that's only it. a preseason game, but that speaks James, volumes. Jameis gives you that, you know, that uh, field field stretching threat, pretty much, where you know you, can, you no matter what play it is, he can do something special. That's not something they've had for a long time, and it's also not something that Taysom Hill can deliver. Because he's not good enough. I really like Taysom Hill. Five plays a game, maybe. Bring him in to do something wild. But out there taking 40, 50 snaps a game. I don't Pro- think so. problem with Hill is that it's all well and good, like taking five snaps a game at quarterback. But when you're also taking five a game at tight end or five a game at running back, all you want, or all I'd want, is a quarterback. That's it. He's not a specialist quarterback. He never has been, and when he was on the when he was starting for the Saints last season, it, I mean, yeah, they won they won a couple of games, but you look at the teams they were playing, you expect and they, it. they played the Broncos, who also didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, and he isolated Alvin Kamara completely in the in the passing game as well. So I think Jameis is the the standout decision, and I think from a fantasy point of view as well, that guy is going to give you so many points, so many points. Would you rather have him as your QB or Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, give me Jameis. Give me Jameis yeah. all day. I think I... Jameis got more upside. Um, and I, I, I really like Teddy, but I would say Jameis has more upside. Definitely. The problem the Saints are ah. going to have is that there's no Michael Thomas till week six. So they're really looking at, I mean, throwing it to, I mean, you know, Callaway, you got, Little, what's his name? Little Johnson or whatever his name. That's probably not his name. That, that, that could be misconstrued something else, actually. Little, it's Little something. His name is literally Little. I can't remember what his, can't remember what his name is, though. Oh, Stuart um, Little. Yeah, I think, yeah, it might be Stuart Little trying to catch pass in the Little in John. The little, little John. Oh, it's so annoying because he was on the um, Around the NFL Network podcast the other day. But uh, Little John Humphrey, that was it. Um, so his first name's Little, even though he's six foot four, which is highly entertaining. But um, I think this is Saint Liam. You know, when you said that they were going to finish bottom of their division, I I'm now not so 
uh, petrified of that idea. I think that's, that's, that's what quite we are. doable, mate. I don't rate this team. I stand by it. I'm probably going to be wrong and I'll eat humble by in week 16, but I don't think, I don't rate them. And I'm taking my bias out the window. I'm seeing this as a, as a podcaster, in inverted commas. I just don't think they're a very good team. No, do you know what? I'm, I'm starting, worryingly, I'm starting to think like you, which is terrifying. You just need some more craft beers, listen to some more terrible indie music, and you will be, won't you? <laughs> I'm going to need some counselling after this, I think. But um, all right, let's move on to what we're what we're planning on talking about today. So, as I said earlier, uh, earlier Ollie's put together a lovely agenda for us. So no, get the agenda. No, get the agenda. No, <laughs> uh, that's two office references. Nice work, um, Ollie. Do you want to kick us off? So what we talk about here is um, rookies that could have a breakout season that aren't top ten rookies that pretty much everyone is talking about. Pretty much. So if you want to kick us off with with a name. Yeah, let's go with uh, Quitty Pie of the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts. Nice. Um, just coming into a really good defence already. Good situation for him to land in. Um, had his first sack against Liam's Vikings. Well, sorry, sorry standard. <laughs> um, apparently, he's just been blowing it up in training camp. Uh, he's ridiculously fast. Uh, 4.57 for the 40. That and is a- ridiculously quick. Uh, for like a, a defensive end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think he's in a really good situation and see where he fits in in this Colts team. I think you're so right. I mean, the draft is, a lot of it is down into the situation that you get put in, really. I mean, and that is such a good spot. That Colts defence was so good last season. That was a top three defence. And when you're playing next to guys like DeForest Buckner like and Darius Leonard, you're just going to have a great time. That's a, a good learning tree to sit under. Yeah, that's it. No, it's definitely, that's a great shout. And it, I thought he was going to get taken in the draft sooner than he did as well. That's yeah, 20, 21 or 23, was it? Whatever it was. Something like uh, that. Pretty good spot. I think they got a nice, nice pick there. Nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Liam, give me a, give me a rookie who's going to shine. So, I was going to go proper obscure, but I won't. So, oh, cool, mate. I don't mind. So, I have gone for Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, Chargers cornerback. Yes. Nice. So, I think obviously his dad was an elite player. Um, and he's, I'm impressed what I've seen so far of him pre season. He looks like he's got a lot of potential, but it's only pre season. It's only a few games in. But he got a nice it, pick in the last pre season game against Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah. So, he can't be bad if it's. I know it's only a preseason game, but it's still Jimmy G, so not bad. If he's as good as his dad was, he'll be incredible. I agree. I think when he when he fell to the second round, I believe it was that I was thought, a steal, an amazing steal for the Chargers and, and a real um, area of need for them, which which means pretty much he's starting week one as well. Yeah, that's so, a steal. If you've got your starter defensive player in the second round, that's you've done really well. That's good scouting. That is. Brilliant scout and, and incredibly lucky that he fell to that, that position. Lucky yeah, draft, isn't it? I watched him uh, last week in that Chargers Chargers game against someone I can't remember, uh, San Francisco, obviously, and he looked really good. He not only picked off Jimmy G, but he, he set up another inception off Trey Lance as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great shout and just another, I mean, it could come back to us, you never know. But And cornerbacks do find it very difficult in year one because that's been proven for a long time. It's not like you're coming out as a, 
a wide receiver and it's normally pretty well, easy. Think, Cornerbacks think, find it difficult. I think that could be one of the hardest positions to come in. I've, I'd probably... Mate, you're not, constantly running backwards. Exactly. It's, re- it's really difficult. And the speed is so much different to college, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I'm sure people will say I'm wrong, but I don't know. That's just my... Well, you think at some point he's going to be matched up against Tyreek Hill. That's he's, ridiculous. Twice, <laughs> twice as well, which is almost unfair. Um, all right, I'll give you a name. I'm going for a, a fourth rounder. Yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, this guy, mate, he's, he was a very good receiver in college, but what he's going into in Detroit is a team with no receivers. No receivers at all. This guy is going to see a lot of the ball. They've got... Um, uh, TJ Hawkinson, who's a really good tight end. But other than that, wide receiver-wise, I think they're looking at Brashard Perriman or someone like that. This guy is going to see a lot of stuff. And um, I actually did some homework before the pod and watched him on YouTube quite a lot. And he's a really good route runner and a really good ball catcher as well. He doesn't, doesn't have many drops. And I think as a fourth-round pick, his brother plays at Green Bay as well, Equinemius. I, I was about to say, yeah. Which is a great name as well. Some great names coming out of that family. And, um, yeah, I just think he's a, a brilliant steal for the Detroit Lions. And if I was playing fantasy, um, which I am, then I think he's a really good sleeper option uh, that you can get for, for pretty cheap because he's going to catch a lot of balls in Detroit because there is no one else to throw to. Yeah, all. like, I don't know if it's the best landing spot, but at the same time, high volume. In terms of volume, so... it probably is. Yeah. In terms I think, of volume, I think it's worst. Is. I think there's worse teams you can end up. You'd, would you? Like, I'd rather be. I think. I think if I was a wider, I'd rather make my name at a team with with no receivers than be stuck behind. Uh, I don't know Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry or Adam Phelan and Justin Jefferson, or because it's hard to make your name as a wideout free. But it's almost like you can, if you can go in and produce, you can hang you out on that and get yeah. paid for years to come. That's exactly it. That's the goal at the end of the day. If you're a wideout free, you've basically got to make your money on special teams, haven't you, really? Because I don't know how else you stand out if you've got two good players in front of you. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what Adam Robinson did when he was at the Jags as well. You know, he made his name as a wide receiver one and got paid paid as a wide receiver one at the Bears. You know, it's a great platform. The more you can, the more volume you can get and the more balls you can catch, the better a player you're going to be realistically. You know, and I just think it's a great spot for him in Detroit. And uh, yeah, that's a, a fourth round special, I think. Ollie, go like on. Um, should we do one more each? Yes, one more. Yeah, each. do one. Uh, more. I'll give you this one. I assumed Olivia may have picked this guy if if she was on, which is not. So <laughs> let's go with him here. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, just mm. for the partnership he's going to have with Makai Beckton. Yeah. Um, absolute. Wrecking crew. Yes, yeah. that's it, really. Mackay, but I mean, we look at what Mackay Beckton did last year. That guy was a force to be. Like, had a ridiculous rookie with. season. Um, yeah, like building building through the trenches somewhat. Well, that's a smart thing to do, and that's what they didn't do for Sam Darnold. You know, and I think they've learned their lessons from from that. And now Zach Wilson is being properly protected. I think. Um, did the Jets the Jets moved up, didn't they, to fourteen to take Vera Tucker? They swapped with the Vikings. Swap the Vikings, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, God, the draft feels like a long time ago. Uh, yeah, and I think that was incredibly the right thing to do. You know, um, yeah, really smart move. He was so good in college, from what I saw. Guard position is a massive point of need for the Jets, and yeah, 
Liam, it's just so important to protect your quarterback. It's that simple in football. I've yeah, I've banged on it. I've banged on for how long? Saying to you, yeah, it's the most important thing, isn't it? That's it. And if you can, well, what's more important, I think, is that you're getting these in as rookies, so you're not paying them straight away as well. If you can get these quality players in at rookies, all right, yeah, they're going to demand some money in a couple of years' time, but it frees up the Jets' um, cap space to to give Zach Wilson even more weapons or to look at their defense, you know. And they still need some stuff, and they got really unlucky with a Carl Lawson injury. Yeah, I was going um, to mention that, but we missed that earlier. Um, yeah, they've had um, bad luck on the other side of the ball. Yeah, they've not had a pass rusher for a long time. They've they've been really unlucky with the. Cole Lawson thing that happened this week and it's looking like he's going to be out for the season as well but if they can get some protection on that O-line then at least their offence will be better hopefully for uh, Olivia alright Liam hit me so I've gone for another second rounder I didn't want to go too niche so I've gone for Trevor Morig obviously at the Raiders um, thank I- yeah, so the same same really that he sort of went a bit under the radar and I think he's been impressive so far what he's been doing in pre-season. Um, not too sure how that Raiders defence would do, but he could potentially be a standout player for him. I don't think anyone would have blinked an eye if they'd have taken him with their first round pick. Agreed. No, he was meant um, to go in the first round. Like I'd inflated to the Jags, I think. But why, why do they keep taking safeties in the draft? <laughs> yeah. Why the defensive pick never worked. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look, the Raiders have got to do something on defense because they've struggled for, I mean, years on defense ever since really getting rid of Khalil Mack, who who they tried to get back this year. They they rung the, they rung the Bears up and said, "Is there any chance we're going to get Khalil Mack?" And they said, "No." And that was the end of that. But you know, <laughs> kind of learning from their mistakes. But I think Liam Trevor Morig was someone that was slated in the first round for pretty much, well, every kind of uh, draft of, you know, well, draft that I saw anyway, or mock but, draft that I saw. Yeah, I remember this. Wasn't it some off-field issues? Yeah, there normally is. That's why they drop but then, out. Exactly. But then if he's showing it in pre-season already, yeah, I, know it's only few, I know it's only a few games, but I think he, I think he should be able to keep it up. No, he's a valuable need for the Raiders who, I mean, the Raiders are one of those teams that I just, you can't get excited about. Do you know what I mean? Like we've mentioned it so many times on our podcast that they, they let all their good players go on their offensive line and just, You yeah. would be pulling your hair out if you're a Raiders fan. Yeah, that's it. And you've got to rely on Derek Carr. It's not an ideal situation to be in, but uh, hey-ho. Right. I've got one more and then um, we'll move on to our next topic. So my next one is also a running back uh, for the Denver Broncos. It's Javonte Williams, uh, second round pick. The Broncos actually moved up to take him at 35. Um, I don't think he's going to have that much competition in the backfield, if I'm honest, because they've got Melvin Gordon, who I don't rate at all as a running back. And I think this guy is going to get a lot of snaps. He looks really good coming out of North Carolina as well. Um, so yeah, just another player to be high on in fantasy and in, and in the NFL in general, I think he's a really, really good player and he's going to keep Melvin Gordon out of a job for a long time. And they also got rid of Philip Lindsay as well. So there's not too much competition in that backfield. Nice. 
Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. All right, Ollie, what's our next topic? Uh, so these are going to be breakout players. So could be second season players going to kick on or maybe guys that have been knocking around the league for a bit longer but are primed to, to have a big season. All right, mate. So, hey, mate. I mean, straight off the bat, I designed this whole segment around one player. Okay. Um, Cam Akers. Oh, who, oh, who, then, who then went down. Um, Wait, when did you design this segment? Three weeks ago. This was like a few weeks ago, yeah, when we were we were saying we were going to record and then kept, oh, yeah, kept putting off and then he got injured. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, had to uh, rethink things here a little bit. So I've gone closer to home. Um, Alex Highsmith, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, third round pick last season. 102, I think he went. Um, sort of picked as a bit of a hedge against Budgie Preleaving, mm-hmm. which did subsequently happen. Um, but he saw the field more than you'd expect him to as a rookie because Budgie Pre got injured. Yeah. Um, performed with a lot of credit, I think. And the word is he's he's had a good good training camp. Um, yeah, going to be lining up probably as a starter across from TJ Watt. I think, yeah, that's a great shout. So, in your opinion, so he needs to progress this season. What would be a good season? Um, you said stats-wise or... I yeah, think well, just, stats-wise, stats-wise, I mean... I was going to say just uh, holding down that, that starter role opposite TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just sort of being a threat off the edge. Um, they've obviously also signed Melvin Ingram as well. Who, Great which I, I really like that move just as a, a low risk you know just a, a good move and I think he'll do well to learn from him as well I don't think Melvin Ingram's been brought in to start I think he'll be a rotational piece yeah. on that defence um, but yeah that's a, another guy for, for Highsmith to really learn from it's a great position to be put in as well that that Pittsburgh defence you know especially playing next to TJ Watt who is well I was looking at the NFL 100 and he's in the top 10 of that so that's always a pretty good indicator. I think for them, it's just a, a low-risk move with a, a high potential ceiling. That's it. And their coaching's always been so good on defence as well that even if you've got lower-round players, they normally tend out to be very, very good players. You know, so I think that's a great shout. And that Pittsburgh defence isn't really going to change from what it was last year. It's still going to be a dominant force. Even with Bud Dupree out, that's still going to be a really good defence. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Liam? So, I, I've got an honourable mention uh, from the team of the podcast, Jerry Judy on Wide Out. But mm-hmm. breakout candidate, it's an obvious one, but I feel like it's got to be said, Joe Burrows. Because he, he didn't right. play last year. So, I feel like he's got to be one, surely. With all the pressure, now he's got a wide out for him. So he's got a lot of wide outs. Exactly. What could go wrong with no O-line? Well, yeah. I mean, they, got, they obviously picked up that, uh, was it Riley Reef? Um, who will do an average job. But Liam, can you stop shaking your head, mate? Your problems with Riley Reef. He's horrendous. If you saw him in Minnesota, you'd understand, yeah. Um, but I think he'll have a much better season and play some football. Well, I think the goal for Burrow has got to be playing 17 games, really. Yeah. And then uh, and then from that... him from there. Yeah, that's it. But you're right. In, in With that Bengals wideout room, he's got so many good options to throw to, whether it's Jamar Chase, T Higgins or Tyler Boyd. You know, Supposedly, he's been having a bit of a tough time of it in camp. 
but he's Too come out. And, yeah, he's come out and said it's all mental. Yeah, so it's going to be, know, isn't it? That's a bit of a hump he's got to get over. Well, we said it earlier, like when these rookie players go down with injuries, it's got to be so devastating to their mental health, you know, because their first their first year in the league and then because of the offseason in the NFL as well, you don't play football for such a long time, even if you're, if you're, you're healthy and ready this, to do it. You just sat in the film room, aren't you, for months. And you're literally forgotten. You are literally forgotten, which is so tough. And, you know, I, I thought what Joe Burrow did at the start of last season was pretty good considering, you know, he had nothing behind him. He had no O-line at all. I thought it was quite impressive. So, from my point of view, I think, yeah, I can't wait to see Joe Burrow back on the field and tearing up some teams. But um, it all depends on that what O-line. stat-wise he'll do? I think if you're looking at two-to-one as an interception ratio or TD to INT ratio, that's pretty good. To say he got 30 TDs to 10 interceptions, that's really good. That's a good season, yeah. For a number one pick, anyway, I think I think that's kind of what you got to look at. Um, yeah, that's the way I'd be looking at it. All right, I'll pick a player. I'm going to go close to home as well, Ollie. I'm going to go for Chicago Bears player, uh, Darnell Mooney. Now this guy, mate, he tore it up last season. For a rookie, 750 yards is pretty decent. It's not Justin Jefferson good. But it, it's pretty good. And what he done to Jalen Ramsey was absolute filth. It's just a shame that Mitch overthrew him. So uh, no touchdown. But um, this guy, we've got a real option um, for him to be our wide receiver too after yeah. Alan Robertson. Did you get rid of Miller? Yeah, got rid of Anthony Miller. Uh, yeah. So he's gone. So this guy now is our wide receiver too. And um, he's not played much in preseason because of that fact. But he was so good last season. His route running is so good he's a he's a field stretcher he's got you know incredible incredibly quick speed and uh i can't wait to see him on the field this season um i just for our offense as well we rely on alan robertson so much you know so so much and he's had 100 catches for the last three or so seasons but we need someone else and i think mooney is that guy to to go in this season and have a thousand yard season six, seven touchdowns, I'd take that and just kind of take that pressure away from A-Rob. And then when A-Rob eventually leaves next season because of his his deal with the Bears, then he has to step in and be that wide receiver one. But as a fifth-round pick last season, he has looked astonishingly good, really. And, you know, I might even tweet out that, that video of what he done to Jalen Ramsey because it was just absolute filth. Um, I just can't watch the ball after it because it's so far past Mooney that it's not even funny um, but yeah he's he's my first pick anyway and um, yeah player that I'm really really looking forward to uh, Ollie number like two yeah so I grouped two guys together because um, I see them as quite similar um, and you've already mentioned one Liam Jerry Judy other one CD Lamb um, oh yeah who Great hasn't show. hasn't gone unnoticed at all I mean there's a lot of people picking him to have a good year I was going to, um, I nearly included him on my list. Yeah, so I put these two together just because they both had really average quarterback play last year. Um, now, obviously, you've got Dak coming back to the Cowboys and Teddy in uh, Denver. So, yeah, I think they're, they're both in better situations than they were sort of middle of last season. And, Judy um, was good last season. He just had a problem with drops. That was his yeah, only thing. I think he had a, a big game against possibly the Jets. 
uh, he took a ridiculous catch over one of their cornerbacks for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Sort of walked in. Um, so yeah, and and CD Lamb, I think everyone's big enough that he's going to have a, a, a big season with Dak throwing him the ball. Mate, CD Lamb's already been classed as a uh, Dallas wide receiver one, which is quite impressive considering Amari Cooper's on that team as well. Yeah, CD Lamb. I mean, he looked so good last season. He looks so good with Andy Dalton as a quarterback for most of the time, or Ben DiNucci, or fucking whoever else was there. I, I can't wait to see who overpays for him in our draft. Steve. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course it's going to be Steve. You know, it's, he's just that kind of guy in it. Shout out to Steve as well. Big up, Steve. Top, top, I'd love to get Steve on the show. So would I. He, he's a friend of ours. He's a big Bills fan. Yeah, I'd love him to hear all of his inside scoops. Yeah, God, that guy's a yeah, he's a good guy. But uh, yeah, I think CD Lamb's such a good shout, man. That guy is going to be a, a superstar for a long time. And what was so funny about everything that happened with that is that the fact that the Cowboys didn't need him, but it's just because the Eagles needed him so badly, and they were a position ahead in the draft, they just shit out the Eagles and took him anyway. I mean, genius, genius move on offense, and Jerry Jones I mean- and. The third one, obviously, there was the three grouped together in last year's draft was Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, yeah. Um, don't think he's in a great situation to break out, particularly. Well, um, no, but Derek Carr's not. He Derek Carr, in all fairness, was quite good last season. He had a pass yeah, array I've, I've said, over hundred. Yeah, he was. He was all right, and but uh, the way that offense works is very much a run first offense. Um, so I, I definitely see Judy and. CD um, being better this season. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think there was someone else in that kind of class as well, wasn't there? Or maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I think they went 11, 12, 13. No, maybe they didn't. I think I'm chatting absolute shit. Don't listen to me. Um, Liam, number two. See, I didn't have anyone from the Vikings. So I feel like I've missed out here. Um well, I mean, the obvious one would have been Justin Jefferson, but I don't see how he could have done he, any better than he did he, last he year. He doesn't, definitely doesn't count. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, so do you want a Vikings player who isn't Justin no, no, Jefferson, I, or I do you want my other do you want, player? Do you want Jeff Gladney? I heard he's doing really well in, in cell block B. <laughs> break out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> sorry, Liam, go on. It's all right. My Vikings one would have been... Uh, Ted Smith Jr. Sorry, Irv Smith Jr. would have been Brilliant, you got his name wrong. (laughs) Who's that? His brother, Ted Smith, who's coming into the league. It's the terrible shanter. I just, his name escaped me. Yeah. Um, The other player I was going to say was Chase Young. I think he's going to have a breakout year. He's getting... He was a pro bowler last year. This is one thing I was going to bring up. It was... But... Our our friends at PFF, who we've... Oh, yeah, we know them well. Not always been a... Been the biggest fans of from some of the things they come out with. They tweeted a video of Chase Young um, earlier this week saying, Never out of the play. He's literally five yards behind the ball, nowhere near it. Yeah, I know. I, I don't get that. What it reminded me of is when we, you know, when we used to do Friday Night Club at work and someone would say, uh, Do you want to go River Lodge? And then the speed that he picks up during the end of that, that kind of reminded. Reminded me of when we ran to the bar there. But other than that... I was, was thinking so... that that was like when I was on a late shift and I would run to the pub to catch you all up. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> yeah, if our friend wasn't being sick in a bin or sleeping under a desk at that time. But um, yeah, like I didn't understand that video at all. Like It was just eight seconds of nothing. 
pretty much. So he's, he's come round. He's of like the O line hasn't even bothered defending him because it's a screen pass, and then he's literally like running after the guy until he goes out of bounds. Yeah, and gets nowhere near the ball. <laughs> I mean, we can all run, mate. We can, like, we can we, somehow we can all manage to do that. Yeah, PFF's another one. It does quite annoy me, PFF. To be fair, but uh, you know, I don't think they're listening, so it'll be all right. I think that's. Um... I'll bring this up now. That's sort of one of the the main offenders of what we said last time about needing content and needing to fill time or social media or whatever like that. Yeah, that's it. Like sometimes you just got to think there's nothing going on. Like, I mean, on the flip side of that, I should have mentioned this when uh, when we spoke about the rookies, but just all over the place this episode. Um, really good content that has been going on over the last months. Uh, franchise tag podcast. They've yeah, that is good. Future of the franchise series where they they're going through the rookies uh, from the the first round this year. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll give them a tweet after the episode. Yeah, uh, definitely. We'll definitely I, I listen to that as well. Definitely say listening to that one because it's decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I would say is don't just listen to them. But if you if you want to stay listening to this, I mean, you're more than welcome because uh, uh, <laughs> top quality content on here as well. I mean. <laughs> Blimey. but yeah no you're right that is a that is a cracking podcast to be fair and uh, i listen to it most weeks instead of the around the nfl one because they're just you know, picking up on and the guy the guy freddie's a steelers fan as well so what more do you want oh, oh i probably won't be listening for, for much longer <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no it's really good and yeah do check them out because um yeah they are they're good guys and uh they've tweeted us a few times and retweeted us as well so like that um all right i've just got one more player uh, that I think is going to break out this year, Jalen Hurts. You know, I really enjoyed what Jalen Hurts did for the the last three or four games for the Eagles. I thought he looked very good, uh, minus maybe the last game against um, Dallas or Washington. Can't remember who it was. Uh, no, the Gi- Giants. It might have been the Giants. Um, yeah, he's a threat of his legs. He's he, he's got a good ball on him as well. He's a good passer. Um, and I think if he gets a full season behind his belt, he could become a really good quarterback. Um, he had to sit behind Tua for a long time at, at Alabama, um, which in a way I think help, helped him and um, helped him drop to the second round in the draft a year ago as well. But if I was an Eagles fan, I wouldn't be completely demoralised by the team. I think they've got some really nice pieces there. I think Jalen you know, Hurts is definitely one of them. Devonta Smith is another one. Um, they've got, I think they've got a nice opportunity to pick up some some wins with those two. And I, I think he's quietly going under the radar as what I think will be a top two or three court, uh, breakout quarterback this year. In yeah. my opinion. All right. Yeah, he's quite fancy for fantasy purposes as well. For well, it always helps, seen, so. always helps when you go with your legs as well, as well as with your arms. As well. Yeah, like that time I took Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, famously good for his legs. Yeah. yeah. He's a quick guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, right, we'll finish off with um, players that are in the last chance saloon. Ollie, who is in the last chance saloon? Have you got Gurley on your list? Yeah, but I can change it. All right, I'll go with Gurley here. Um... Oh, that's annoying. I Gurley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go on. Um, yeah, like... Over a thousand yards as a rookie, offensive rookie of the year. Um, following year, he scored 19 touchdowns as the Rams went to the Super Bowl. And then he signed a four year, $60 million deal 
and just fell off a cliff. Um, yeah. Obviously, last season was with the Falcons, probably best known for scoring that touchdown by accident. <laughs> Great for my fantasy team, but not good for the Falcons. <laughs> um, and then they've released him as well. So, I mean, uh, as, of, as of recording, yeah, he's kicking about, about a team. Um, he did have nine touchdowns last year, which surprised me. Um, I think um, Todd Gurley is the ultimate example of um, how running backs can just disappear. In the NFL. So there's this talk that apparently he's been visiting Detroit. Um, I've heard it's lovely this time of year. Yeah, like after that, I don't know. I don't know where he goes. I don't. I don't really know what's left for him. Um, it's a tough one. I'm sure there'll be a team that picks him up, whether it's just before week one or, or slightly into the season. But it's a shame in a way as well because he struggled with his injuries, especially the one to his knee and. He was so good. So I mean, I good. did wonder, like when Cam Akers went down, I did wonder if he just ended up back at the Rams. You know, just sort of better the devil you know. But I don't know if he asked for too much money or what. I don't even know if he visited there in the end. No, well, he's still on that guaranteed money from the Rams as well. Like, it's, it, it's such a weird thing. It's what the Rams haven't done well. You know, they paid off Todd Gurley and then they paid off uh, Jared Goff before... You know what happened? Obviously, Goff fell off a cliff in the same way that Gurley fell off a cliff. You know, and that's the one thing the Rams have been really bad at and paying off players before um, before they show everything, in my opinion, that they've got. And especially when Todd Gurley had injury issues anyway. Um, but yeah, I just think it's just such a prime example of how the NFL can... You could be the best thing in the world one day, Liam, and then you can, you can go from that to pretty much nothing within the space of a season. Just how cutthroat the league is, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's more so than any other sport. Obviously, we all follow various sports, and I, I like—I don't think football in this country is as bad. I feel like you get second chance. I know there's more teams, but I feel like you get second chances elsewhere. Do you think it's especially bad for running backs more yeah, than any position? I do. Maybe QBs up there. See, I always think QBs could get a nice backup job somewhere. I think when you're known as being done for a running back, you're done because there's so many that come through in the draft. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, yeah, I, I agree with the talk earlier. I think it's a shame. Um, I do think it's a shame because he's only 28 or something like that, 28, 29. But hey-ho. Do I feel that sorry for him, actually, because he's on, he's got a guaranteed £60 million? Probably not. So uh, what can you do? Liam, give me a guy in the last chance alone, other than yourself. Apart from myself. So I did want to ask you, it's not on my list, but do you think this is Aaron Rodgers' last chance? In Green Bay, not yeah. as a player, but just his Green Bay career. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he's bothered. I think any one of the other teams would probably take him, bar one or two. Yeah, bar Kansas City and maybe Baltimore and Buffalo, Tampa, <laughs> yeah, Cardinals. Actually, no, there's probably a, probably a few actually things about. It. I won't just sit here listing all of them, but. Uh, yeah, probably probably is a few. But um, I think it's definitely his last season in, in Green Bay. Agreed. Same with uh, Devontae Adams. So my one actually was a bit closer to home for Ollie, Big Ben. I feel like this is his last season. I feel like this is his last chance in Pittsburgh. Um, we obviously know what happened with him last year. And yeah, I feel like this is going to be it for him, which yeah. is, it's, it's a shame because he's been a great QB for the, over the years. And he's yeah, but... is he underappreciated, do you think? No, I don't think so. Two Super Bowl wins and a third 
Super Bowl not win. Um, <laughs> that was good command of the English language. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think everyone sort of knows this is last year. Um, time waits for no man. Yeah. It's been interesting to see what they do afterwards, won't it? And, and hopefully he can go out. And I, th- I think he's almost stayed on for a year because he didn't want that Browns game yeah. to be his his final bow, as it was. I agree. I mean, you could argue should be... What was that guy in the draft here behind bars? So, you know, maybe maybe there is that as well. But I think, I think Ben's done an amazing job for uh, the Steelers. As Ollie says, two Super Bowl wins. I mean, it's pretty incredible. It's more than Rogers. It's more than Drew Brees. Um, you know, it's it's pretty nuts how how good he's been for the Steelers. And yeah, age waits for no one. And Big Ben's getting to that age now where he's never been a mobile quarterback, but he's he's probably now immobile. Like he's 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 kind of regressing. Where he's getting, especially if that O line is quite poor as well. He's having to get that ball out pretty quick within two to two point five seconds. So. I think it's the right decision for Ben to to probably retire after after this season, and then the Steelers move on to maybe someone in the draft or look at Haskins or um, Mason I think Rudolph. Haskins. I think they go the cheap option, Haskins, and then you then assess from there. So if that's the draft or free agency, but I think I think you brought him in for a reason. I don't think he's just going to be one and done. I'm not saying it's going to work out, but I think they've got a plan. I mean, they really like Rudolph, so. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so I'm not it. high on Mason Rudolph. Unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. He's another one. I don't think his name helps him. Mason Rudolph. It's just that's not going to scare an opposition. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'll um, I'll chuck out another quarterback. Um, probably one who's never going to get a chance in the league again. Josh Rosen. Now he's just been cut by the uh, 49ers, but just been picked up by the Falcons. So, you know, he's got another job pretty quickly. For someone who was the number 10 pick in the draft, what, three years ago, four years ago, he has fallen probably more spectacularly than any player I can uh, can think of in the last 10 years, I'd say. Uh, Liam, you probably know more about this than me, but his drop-off has just been incredible. From his first year at the Cardinals, where they got rid of him for Murray, um, I haven't from, seen a drop off like this in a long time. It's, it is incredible. Yeah, he he went down to Miami, done nothing. He went to Tampa, he went to the 49ers, and now at the Falcons, he has done nothing with his career in four years. It's it's and for someone who's picked that highly, it's I always feel like it's kind of a shame because you know he's clearly put all his life into into NFL and it's not worked out at, at one team for a year. But ever since the Cardinals drafted. Kyler Murray and he got chucked to Miami he was done mate he was absolutely done alright his on field play has not been brilliant but you know, I just think it's it's a shame for someone who's only been in the league for three or four years that his career is pretty much over and he might be working in Foot Locker in a couple of years time it's what we're saying about the NFL isn't it yeah he, he's never I had a deal I, he's never had a big deal he's I think he was, was in a, a bad situation in Arizona um and they obviously cut their losses with him. But I, for a, a number 10 pick, there must be talent there. Like, you would have thought he would have carved out a niche for himself somewhere. But he sort of bounced around. And, um, yeah, now with the Falcons, what's that, his fourth team in four years? Three years? Fifth, I think. I don't even think Case Keenum had a drop-off like that. 
No, I mean, it, it, it is kind of sad. Like, he's kind of a player that I hope just finds his way because I don't know. Like, the Falcons, he might get a chance because you never know with Matt Ryan, do you? I don't think, I don't know who their other backup is, but he might get a chance. But I think it's more than likely that by the time we, we talk this time next year, that Josh Rosen isn't an NFL player, which is I think kind of sad working, in a way. Working for ESPN or someone, yeah. Yeah, that's it. But hey ho, that's the way the league goes. And uh, yeah, he was my first pick. He was my first thought after the news I saw. Um, Ollie, do you want to chuck us one more, mate? All right, one more. Um, pretty obvious one. I think Daniel Jones, mm. the Giants. Um, I mean, twofold really. One, if it goes badly, they're going to want rid of him. Um, two, they're going to have the draft ammunition to go and get someone to replace him. Um, Obviously, they've got your first-round pick as well. So they've potentially got, if it goes badly, potentially a top-ten pick of their own, plus yeah. whatever you do. So oh, I don't think we'll be far off a top-ten <laughs> pick as well. To so, yeah, if, if we'll see how it goes for him. But um, I would definitely say he's there at the end of the bar in the last chance saloon. And, uh, yeah. He's got he's, such a good receiving core now as well that he's got no excuse. He'll have no excuses and he just needs to go and get it done. And if he's if he's there, if he's running for the end zone, he needs to not fall over. That video will never not be funny. I'll tell you that. That will never not be funny. I, I know our mate Ben, who's been on the pod a couple of times, doesn't enjoy it, but that video is so funny. Just Because he's only, what, 10 yards away? Five yards Yeah, and away? He, he was faster than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he was rapid. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I I think Daniel Jones is probably the biggest one in the league, actually. That's, that's such a good shout. And they, they gave him Kadarius Tony as well. They gave him Kenny Golladay this season uh, to add to Darius Slayton. And... I think um, Rudolph's just been, been cleared as well. Yeah, Carl Rudolph, Evan Engram. You know, they've, they've got a lot of weapons. That he can and throw Saquon to. coming back. And Saquon Barkley. He has got no excuse now to... Um... I, mean, I might go and bet on the Giants to win the division again. No, Washington, <laughs> mate. I'm telling you, Washington. I've told you this for months. Uh, Liam, what do you make of uh, DJ? Yeah, I think this could be his last chance. And I think, unfortunately, it's only going to end one way. Um, I don't think it's going to end very well. Um, I hope you're right. I mean, I hope it goes well because I've got a Daniel Jones jersey in the cupboard. They just change it. It just says Jones, doesn't it? Yeah. Dox, just get Dr. Jones in front. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. they. Uh, they they draft another quarterback and give him the same number. Yeah, well, I mean, with any luck, Mac Jones might somehow go to to the Giants and then change number to yeah, number not, eight. not not far to move, not far to move. Yeah, not at all. So might like the northeast. Outside, think outside the box, mate. I'd say it's a definite possibility. Um, all right, Liam, quickly another yeah, one. So I've gone for Stafford because I think this is basically Ooh. his last opportunity in football. I know, like, this is kind of his last go and this is, like, all in. So, yeah. Do you think, wait, do you think it's his last opportunity to play in the NFL or his last opportunity to win something in the NFL? Win something in the NFL, sorry. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he'll probably be in the league for a while, but I feel like this is his best chance. This is the first time he's got a good team around him. This is it. Let's let's give him the ball and let's run with it, literally. So, see how they do. It'll be interesting how he does with a new system. Uh learning it and like new players around him so I sort of had a slightly different take to you two where I was thinking more of players at the end of their career or a different stage rather than opportunities at a no, franchise no. 
It's good. I like it. Ollie, I know you're high on the Rams. What do you make of uh, Stafford's chances of being successful? Yeah, I like him. Um, I think he's definitely in a better position to succeed. Um, yeah, possibly like last chance. Um, whether he'd get another big move to a contender, I'm not sure. So, yeah, good shout, I think. I think it's a great shout. And uh, i tell you what, it moves nicely into mine because mine was Jared Goff. Um, who obviously They're got traded be with it. Linked forever now, those two. Linked forever. Um, Jared Goff, mate, I'm still amazed the Lions didn't take fields at seven. Um, I think this guy really has got one more year before he's a backup. What he's done for the last couple of seasons has been nothing short of inept in a very good offense. Um, all right, yeah, he took him to the Super Bowl in 2018. He was very good then. 2019, 2020, he's been absolutely diabolical. Um, I can't see how his fortunes are going to change going to going to the Lions with no receivers um, and barely a running game as well. Um, and then well, no, not if not if Todd Gurley goes there. Well, that's true. Oh yeah, I forgot about Amon Ralston Brown as well. Big up as he's going to catch thousands of yards. But um, and the problem is they've got a new head coach as well in uh, Dan Campbell, and I just don't see how this works out for Jared Goff. And I don't see how it works out for the Lions. And I think there's a very real possibility that we're here in a year's time talking about uh, the Lions with the number one or number two pick taking the best quarterback in the draft. So of the three that we've we've had there, Jones, Goff and Stafford, you've got the three of them sat at the end of the bar and they're, they're ringing the bell for last orders. And they're saying, right, who's, who's going to have the best season and get the drinks in? Stafford's having the best season. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think, yeah. <laughs> Stafford's having the best season because he's got the best team around him and he's the most competent quarterback. Daniel Jones is getting the second round um, and Jared Goss being kicked out of being too drunk. <laughs> that's, that's the way that's going. I, I, in my opinion, I can't see it in any other way. I don't know if you guys disagree, but... That's Who's getting the most interceptions out of the three? Um, DJ. Probably Jones. Jones loves the turnover. He did fix it a he little bit last it year. So many times he doesn't. Yeah. Get it, he just fumbles it. It reminds yeah. me, of Liv. You, you know this. You know, in the US office, Ollie. I don't know if you've seen the episode in the US office where Dwight gives birth to that watermelon and he covers <laughs> it in butter, and he just yep. and Michael just drops it everywhere. That's like Daniel Jones with a football, mate. He just gets it and just going. Just like Kevin it. with the chili. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. He just drops the chili everywhere. Exactly, and he's trying to scoop it up. Oh, dear, oh, dear. The trick is to undercook the receivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think they're all, all really good shouts. Um, and look, do you know what, boys? Um, you know, we've spoken a lot about the NFL, but I don't. I, I think you're always excited for me for in 15 days' time, the first game is going to kick off. And it is bloody exciting. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys which is in itself should be an amazing game. The spicy one to start, yeah, I like it. It yeah. would be a shame if the Cowboys lost, wouldn't it? It certainly would. I think they will as well. I mean, realistically, I mean, they, they, they probably will. The Buccaneers would be favourites. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's all we've got for this week. Uh, we'll be want, back. Do you want a Larry Fitz update before we go? Oh, good God, yeah. I didn't want to mention it. Go back on. after all this time. I mean, he hasn't retired, has he? No, he hasn't retired. No, oh. he specifically said he's not retiring. Oh, thank God! But he just said he hasn't got the urge to play. And I, <laughs> I last heard he's not coming back because I did look this earlier because I was going to bring it back. But it was like 
when we played in Power League or whatever it was called, and we just couldn't be bothered anymore, and we were like, yeah, we're not folding the team. We just, we just don't well, we didn't turn play. up for six weeks, but we, we just, weren't retired. We just don't want to play anymore. Mate, Liam, the guy you pushed over hasn't turned up since. He's still, he's, he's still sliding, mate. It's like a you're making out. Kai on Dark Side Eye needs to be a fuck, right? I got pushed in the back, so I just gave it back, and he didn't like it. We were playing football, not American football, yeah. and you knocked a guy out. And Liam, no, Liam out. was playing American football. <laughs> he, he, he killed that man. I mean, Don't make be, out on Paolo Di Canio, right? I didn't would, hurt anyone. That would have been 15 yards rough in the. Roughing the passer. Absolutely roughing the passer. Roughing the passer without the ball, which made it even worse. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I miss those days. I know we were absolutely shit and terrible at football, but it was always quite a good laugh. Just watching Dave ever go at the ref. Uh, that was oh, worth oh. turning up for every week, wasn't it? Yeah, that was always quite good. Um, yeah, so we're back next week. My thoughts are next week. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but about doing just a, a little fantasy fantasy preview episode for anyone who's not done a draft yet and then uh our thoughts on the last preseason games and looking forward to week one i'm out then good you won't be fucking invited anyway uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you my draft strategy ahead of our draft. no 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 we won't be doing that but we'll talk about it off air anyway uh, but uh yeah i think have you guys got anything else all good all good liam all good no nothing Right, well, I think all that's left to say is, uh, Liam, thank you for joining. Thanks. Ollie, thank you for joining. Cheers, mate. Looking forward to having a beer with you at the NFL game. Yes, mate. I cannot wait, my friend. Um, And, yeah, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you soon.